work will minister to the homeless, but there are also others that go there weekly uh, that are not homeless, but they love the preaching and the good cooking, I guess. And was it last week we had two? Was it last week or the week before we baptized two and had two receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? Is that right? Was it one or two? I... Well, you're over it, brother. We baptized two. Did any of them receive the Holy Ghost? The church in the park. This is what I live with, people. I'm just kidding. So we had two baptized, and one or two of them received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let's give the Lord praise for that. Isn't that awesome? And uh, all, all of my years, you know, brother and sister uh, Waller did such a wonderful job at this ministry. They live in Sebring now, and, and uh, brother and sister Nagy, uh, brother Nagy initially, now brother and sister Nagy working with this uh, ministry. And uh, it is just one of the most successful homeless ministries I have ever seen. Uh, over the last few years, we've had over 100 receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. And that's just their church now. You say, where are they? Well, we, we tried to get them to come here, but they don't want to come here. They just show up there every Saturday, and that's their church. And they'll be... 30, 40, 50, sometimes more, uh, there to hear the word of the Lord. And uh, we're thankful for what God, uh, what the Lord is doing. To our guests, we're excited you are with us here tonight. And uh, we want to get straight into the word of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse uh, number 5. The word of the Lord says, by faith, everybody say by faith. Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found. Well, they, I, I don't know really what that means there. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe they went around digging in the ground trying to find this guy, trying to find out where somebody buried him. Uh, but they never could find him because God took him, the word of the Lord says. Was not found because God had translated him from before for before his translation, he had this testimony. He pleased God. Wow, what a testimony. He pleased God. We're not teaching on that, but boy, I tell you, I feel like it. Verse number six. But without faith, everybody say without faith. It is impossible to please him. And verse 5 says that Enoch pleased God. That means Enoch had faith. He had faith. And he was translated. Don't lose the faith. The rapture's coming. Whether you're alive or dead, the rapture's coming. Keep your faith to the end. Because it's your faith that's going to translate you. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Everybody say, he is. 
and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For everyone that comes to God must believe that he is and that he rewards those that diligently seek him. I'm going to talk about faith a little bit here tonight. Uh, just the skimming the surface of it. A couple of things I feel like the Lord wants to speak to us. And if God will help us, we're going to continue on Sunday in the subject of faith and just believe God for miracles and for the outpouring of His Spirit and for people to be filled with the power and the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you, if we can get a hold of what faith is and walk and operate in the faith, like Brother Sapp mentioned earlier, then we will please God. And when you please God, He blesses, He moves, He strengthens and fortifies. And there's no telling what God will do, not only tonight, but what He will do on Sunday. Let's pray and ask for the mind of God, the way of the Lord to be expressed here tonight. Father, we come to you. I ask that you touch my mind and my heart that you touch my spirit tonight, Lord, that you speak, Father, through this vessel. God, that you speak to every mind and every heart that is in this building. Oh, let the word of the Lord be opened before us this evening. Help us, Lord, we pray, to walk in faith before thee. We want to be pleasers of God and not of men. We want to be translated and dwell with you forever. Oh, Lord, let this church become a church of faith, walking in faith, understanding faith, exercising faith. We ask it in the mighty, powerful name of the Lord. And everybody say amen. Turn to two or three people around you and tell them, do you have faith? Find somebody else and say, faith is necessary. Tell someone else, faith is not an option. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We've been speaking about major doctrines in the word of the Lord. We started out by talking about the basic principle of doctrine and what it means in God's word. The foundation of doctrine is love. We looked into the application of doctrine to our heart. And then we begin to deal with particular doctrines of the word of God. Not men, but of the word of God. We dealt with the doctrine of baptism. The doctrine of the fact that there is only one God. We dealt with the doctrine of separation. Come out from among them. Touch not the unclean things, saith God, and I will receive you unto myself. We dealt with the doctrine of first fruits, giving to the kingdom so that the gospel can reach this world. 
The doctrine of the church and the relationship of the church, relationship within the church. On Sunday, we talked about the gift or the doctrine of the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we had a young lady uh, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and baptize in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we give God praise. And I believe that uh, week Sunday when Brother Jackson is going to be with us. It's Brother Jackson, right? It's going to be with us. One of the greatest evangelists traveling today uh, is going to be here. And we're going to go Sunday, Wednesday, and Sunday. And I encourage you to begin to invite and bring people out. We are going to see dozens of people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to see great miracles because that's the God we serve. Tonight, I want to deal with one of the most important doctrines that Jesus ever taught in the Word of God, and that is the doctrine of faith. Chapter 11, as we all know, in the book of Hebrews is considered the hall of fame of men of faith. But there was something in chapter 10 leading up to chapter 11 that I would like to kind of take a quick look at as we launch our way or make our way into this subject called faith. And I say here tonight before I even go any further that uh, faith is an inexhaustible subject. We could teach on it every day uh, of the year, year after year. Uh, faith is is the uh, very substance, the word of the Lord says. It is the very uh, evidence of our walk with God and our belief in God and the results uh, in our experience with God. But in chapter 10, Paul the Apostle lays a little bit of foundation concerning faith. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 22. Paul the Apostle says, Let us draw near with a true heart. And how do we draw near to God? Or how do we come to the Lord? He says in Hebrews 11, when we come to the Lord, we come to Him in faith. We cannot come to Him without faith. Or we will not be pleasing to Him. And so Paul says prior to that, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold fast to the profession of faith, of our faith, without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Paul the Apostle mentions something here in the prelude of chapter 11 of Hebrews, which is the great chapter of faith. He says, now this faith that I am about to talk to you concerning, this faith that I am speaking to you about, it is this faith that allows us to draw near unto God. We received this assurance of faith 
and having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We received this faith when we were filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. When we went down in the name of Jesus and we had our sins washed away, we received this assurance of faith. But Paul goes a little further. He says, you may have received it at your conversion, but you must hold fast to the profession of our faith. And we cannot waver in this faith. Why? Because he that has promise. Paul talks about the promise later in chapter 11. But he states here, he that promised is faithful. Why am I going to remain faithful? Because the God that gave me the promise, the God that saved me, the God that sprinkled my conscience clean of an evil conscience, the God that washed away my sins, he is faithful. Every day, every day I get up, I receive a, a fresh batch of mercy. The Bible says every day the mercy of God is renewed in my life. I must confess before you today I did not live a perfect life today. I did not live a perfect life yesterday. I did not live a perfect week. Last week, a perfect month. Last month, a perfect year. Last year, but every day I got up, I felt his presence. Every day I took a breath, he was there. Every time I called on his name, his power descended because he is faithful. He is faithful to me. He is faithful to you. And Paul said, because he's faithful, we must hold fast to this profession of faith that we have made. James put it this way. He said, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I don't want to be unstable. I want to be solid in God. I want to walk straight and narrow. I want my feet to be planted. How are you going to accomplish that, Pastor? I must hold fast to the profession of faith that I made in him when he found me when he touched my heart when he gave me a space of grace when he gave me a moment of repentance I confessed my faith in him I professed I believe he is put your hands together to the Lord Somebody shout, he is. We cannot please him unless we believe he is. I don't care what the devil comes against me. I don't care how the devil attacks me. It doesn't matter the condemnation that comes my way. I'm not in this because of my merit. I'm in this because of his mercy. And I've come to tell the devil every day I get up. I will tell you, Satan, and the rest of the world, 
he is he is how do I know he is because he said I'll never leave you how do I know he is because every day he's with me strengthening me helping me giving me the endurance how do I know he is when my heart is hurting he's the healing bomb of Gilead how do I know he is when I'm tired and weary he's the upholding hand that lifts me up puts my feet back on a solid ground again how do I know he is because when I'm lost and wondering and can't find my way he steps into my life opens up doors shines the light and I come out of my despair he is somebody shout he is shout he is that's what pleases God that's that full assurance of faith that Paul's talking about that you never give up on the fact that he is no matter how much I fail he never does no matter how weak I am he never is no matter how lost I may be he always knows Shall he is. Shall he is. Clap your hands one more time to the Lord. Woo. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the power of faith in this building. For without faith, it is impossible to believe him. How do I keep my faith? How do I keep going? Just never let go of the fact that he is. He's what? He's everything he said he was. <laughs> you know, Moses asked that question one time. He said, who, who do I tell the people you are? He said, you just tell them. I am who I am. He is. Whew. All right. We're going to try to make sense out of this. <laughs> so, Paul the Apostle says in Hebrews, we draw near with the assurance of this faith. Having our hearts sprinkled and our conscience, our bodies washed. Hold fast to that profession of faith without wavering. Because the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Paul tells us what constitutes faith. In verse 1 of Hebrews. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence... Of things not seen. Now I'm going to deal with this just a little bit. But this actually isn't my message. But it, it puts a, a few other layers under the feet. So we can maybe get a little bit better comprehension. Of I think what God wants to say to us tonight. He said that faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now. 
This word substance translates or uh, signifies that which comes or becomes a foundation for something else to stand on. That's what that word there in particular means. So it doesn't just mean substance as in something you can touch and feel. <clears throat> but it is a, a deeper meaning than that. It is a substance which becomes that solid thing that other things can be put on top. Now, faith is the substance. <laughs> faith is what everything else stands on. I can't see it. I can't feel it. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know how it's going to happen. But somehow everything I need, everything I want, everything that must come my way, it is standing, it is finding a foundation in which to stand on. I don't have despair because I found a foundation to stand on. I'm not full of fear because I found a foundation to stand on. It's called my faith. All right, stay with me. Faith is the substance in the hands of God. Now, it says that it is the evidence of things not seen. Now, that is an oxymoron in case you don't know it. Because evidence is something you can see. The officer says, the lawyer says, the judge says, the people say, where's your evidence? Well, I don't really have any. You just got to trust me. No, that don't work in the human realm. But Paul said, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Now, this word evidence is a word of action. It signifies, listen to this, it signifies such a conviction that is produced in the mind. Faith produces such a conviction in your mind that we see from the evidence, listen to me, the thing we can't see, that it is that it cannot, okay, here we go. It cannot but be what it is. It cannot be otherwise. And it will always prove to be what it is. That's what that word evidence means. In legal terms, it cannot be altered. It cannot be reshaped. It cannot be changed. It is what it is. It will always be that. And it will never change. 
You say, what are you saying? I'm saying when you get a hold of faith, the devil can't mess with it. When you persuade yourself in your heart and in your mind, and God has assured you this is what's going to come to pass, the devil cannot alter it. The devil cannot change it. Nothing can move it around. It is what it is. It always will be. And it always will be and never will change. It is the evidence of things not seen. All right. Okay, I got to say all this to get where I'm going. So faith is evidence. To who? Man? No. They can't see it. Your faith is evidence to the only one that can see what you're talking about. And to God, are you ready? To God, that substance of things hoped for and that evidence of things not seen is more solid and more real than anything you can touch down here. I'll tell you why. You see how solid this thing is right here? You give me a 50-pound sledgehammer, I'll have old Jim come up. Jim will take that sledgehammer, and he'll start beating this pulpit, and after an hour or two, he'll hand that thing over to Chance. Chance will last about three minutes. Then we'll find somebody else. We'll bring them up here. They'll beat the... They'll beat that thing so much you won't even recognize it. But how's that possible? Look at it now. It's solid. It's a substance. It's evidence. Oh no. You can change it. You can rearrange it. But the substance and the evidence of faith can never change or be rearranged. There is no spirit in hell. There is no government on this earth that has power over your faith. Faith is evidence to God. Woo! Faith, the evidence that the thing is, that the thing cannot but be and that it cannot be otherwise than it is and proven to be. That's what that definition is. It's pretty crazy, but it's pretty powerful. Sometimes the reason we do not see the results of our faith is because our faith is not really faith at all. Our faith is just hope. Faith isn't hope. Faith is the evidence of hope. There's a big difference, but I don't have time to get into it tonight. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you tonight, later on, baby, me and you, we'll talk about it. But faith is the substance. All right, I want to get past that. Yeah, I think the most outstanding thing about faith is Hebrews 11 and 6. Because Paul the apostle said, 
that it's hard to please God without it. Is that what he said? It's difficult to please God without faith. You got to work really hard if you don't have faith, if you're going to please God. It is. Now look at your neighbor and say, faith is necessary. It's impossible to please him without it. Now, the Lord showed me something in this verse. I want to touch on these two things and we'll be done. Paul gives the absolute basic element of what faith is in this verse. He breaks it down to its most basic spiritual molecular structure. You know, if you have a German chocolate cake... Whew. Three layers. Huh. Got your attention on that, didn't I, Jim? Just, you make those, sister? Oh. I'm going to tell you who made a knockout. How do you say that? Knockdown, drag out. Is that how you say that? Chocolate three-layer cake. And that was Peggy Hansen. When we got invited, invited, she would always say, what do you want? I want pork chops. Because she made the most awesome thick pork chops. I want mashed potatoes and gravy. I want turnip greens. I pulled that woman right out of her Jamaican skin. Made her cook a southern, southern meal. But boy, she could whoop it up. And I said, and, and I want that German chocolate cake. Okay, pastor. Of course, I always went there hungry and left sick. You know, we have no discipline. You know how it is. You eat and you're comfortable. And if you would stop right there, you could walk away and say, man, that was a great meal. But no, 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 no. We just, we don't even give it time to get in. We pile it back on. And Sister Hanson did that. She kept piling. Come on, Pastor. You're skinny. Look at you. You, you, need, you know, you need to eat. And then we got to walk out going, I am so miserable. When you look, at the, you look at that cake, you can break that cake down a little bit. That cake's got flour in it. It's got cocoa. Eggs. Milk, coconut, anything else? Butter, sugar, I think I said flour. Pay attention to the ingredients. You done doubled my flour. Now it tastes gummy. Flour, a few other things. So we can, you know, we can, we can break... We can break all that down. You can go and look at your table salt and you say, well, that's salt. Actually, that's sodium chloride. So you can break that down to sodium and chloride. 
And I don't know what you can break that down to. I don't know the carbon molecular structure or any of that. But I know it, it can be broken down even further. Verse 6 is Paul the apostle of ripping away every layer and saying, if this isn't the foundation of your faith, then no matter what you believe, it will not come to pass. That everything we believe and everything we do must be founded on these two principles in God. Most of the time when we preach this verse, we'll say, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And then we will launch off and we'll start preaching what he is or who he is. But that's not what Paul said. You must believe that he is. It's the foundation of your faith that he is in every situation of your life. That he is in every heartache that you will ever have. That he is in every fear that comes your way. That he is in every difficulty you will ever experience. That he is in every situation that will ever exist in your life. Paul said if God is going to be activated in that situation, you must believe that he is. I feel like a lot of times what will happen is that we're able to believe God here and we're able to believe God here and we're able to believe God here but somehow we cannot get God over here. And so this is where we have our most difficult time. Why? Because we do not believe He is. For some reason, we cannot get that persuaded faith that Paul talked about in chapter 10, that kind of faith that gets in your mind that nothing can move and nothing can change and nothing can persuade differently, that it's solid, that no matter how bad it looks, no matter how difficult it gets, I will stand up and I will say, He is. But, I, but I've been praying, I've been asking, and it just gets worse. He is. It seems like every time I take two steps forward, I get knocked forward backwards. But he is. You've got to get him right in the middle of your situation. You must proclaim God is. All right, you ready for this? Do you know who we put in the middle of our troubles? The devil! He's one we always talk about. The devil's right here. The devil is. The devil did this. The devil's in this. The devil may be put on the wrong matching clothes today. The devil made me take a right instead of a left. 
didn't rain over there. It rained over here. The devil, 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 the devil. The devil. Everywhere you go, every trouble you have, the only one you bring in the into your current situation is the devil. You bring him in by rebuking him when you can bring God in by praising him. Wrapping his hand on the dumb thing. The devil did it. One of God's angels is going to fix it here in a minute. The first thing we do is bring the devil right in the middle of our situation. We have a problem. We have a trouble. We have a sickness. Whatever it is, we just immediately bring the devil right into the prison, right into the current situation. We just begin to talk about how the devil this and the devil that. I believe somewhere's in the Word of God that the Bible tells me that it's God that's in control of my life. That it is God that walks with me every step of the way. It's God that gets up with me in the morning. Hey, if I turn to the right and I should have turned to the left, God's going to turn with me to the right. Is it going to mess up? Is it going to be bad? Oh, yeah. But God's going to be right there with me to take me by the hand, turn me back around, and get me going back in the right direction. think it's the word of God that says all things work together for the good of the call those that love God listen that cannot be if God's not in it somebody shout he is I wonder what would happen to our attitude I wonder what would happen to everything about us if no matter what comes our way in the morning I just lift my hands and say God I love you praise you. I bring you into this situation. I'm not recognizing nobody else but you. This is why there's so much turmoil in our life. Because he is not it's the boss it's my neighbor. It's the devil who's in my boss and my neighbor. Now, he really is in one of mine, I tell you. I know. What would happen if we would stop blaming and just start claiming? You do know blaming solves nothing, right? The only thing blaming does is put bitterness in you, anger in you, hatred in you. That's all blaming does. When you start blaming, the devil starts dancing. Oh, yeah. He don't care who you blame. You can blame him. He don't care. 
Because they know it's just feeding your own nasty spirit. And we're always in this old, we're in this old blame game and blaming everyone. But the word of the Lord says, and dear God, I'm not going to even get near where I'm going, but the word of the Lord, for it is, for without faith, it is impossible to please him that cometh to God. What is this faith? What is this faith that cometh to God? What must we do? We must believe that he is he is right here in my situation and the second thing he is a rewarder that means if I can get him in it God's going to take care of it we suffer all the day long what's that, what's that old song that old song all the needless pains we bear because we do not take everything to God in prayer. Y'all know that song? Well, it's the truth. Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6 and 7, it said, be ancients for nothing, worry about nothing, but all things in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding, shall gird up your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. What is Paul saying? He's saying no matter what comes your way, get God in it. Get God in the middle of it. If God didn't make it happen, that's all right. Get God in it. If you messed up, that's all right. Get God in it. Because if you'll get God in it, he is a rewarder of them that seek him. That is the power of faith. That's what pleases God. When God realizes that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what my dilemma is, I believe he is. And if I can get him in the middle of it, I believe he will become the rewarder of my life. Let's everybody clap our hands to the Lord and give God praise. What a basic foundation that He is and that He rewards. It almost seems too simple. And that's our problem. We complicate faith. We make statements like, and I'm not going to get on this. I might touch this on Sunday. We make statements like, if I just had more faith. That is about unbiblical as you can get. Disciples asked that question one time. So they put it this way. Lord, increase our faith. And he looked at him and said, If you had the faith of the grain of a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, Be thou cast into the sea, and it would obey your voice. 
and be cast. The grain of a mustard seed. They said, they, was that his way of saying your faith is less than a mustard seed? No. That's what, that was his way of saying it's not the increasing of your faith, bozo. It's the understanding of your faith. And I want to get ahead of myself because I'm going to talk to you on Sunday, Lord willing, on what God meant when he said little faith and what he meant when he said great faith. He didn't mean large amounts and small amounts. No. No, no, not at all. We'll get on that on Sunday. We're going to help you, God. Help us help you. Everybody say he is. I got to finish. It sounds simple. It sounds basic. But it's so true. God is simple. His relationship with us is simple. He doesn't, he's, he doesn't complicate things. He said, bring the kids. What I'm going to talk to you about, the kids can understand. The children can receive. He said, unless you become like a child, simplify your thinking. Just believe. Have trust. Every other revelation that we have depends on the revelation that he is. You say, but that's so simple, Pastor. So why don't you do it? You say, well, I do. No, you don't. That's why you walk around worrying all the time. It's why you're, you're, you're fretting all the time. It's why you get mad at people. Because God's not in the middle of it. Brother Powell did that. You get mad at Brother Powell. But Powell didn't do that. It was his wife. Everybody knows that. I love you, baby. I shouldn't do that because you're the one that really take care, takes care of me. He don't do nothing. Oh, man, I lost my train of thought. Ah. Always walking around discouraged. You're worried about your retirement. You might die tomorrow. Don't worry about it. Put, put up what you can, but don't fret about it. He's going to take care of you. He takes care of the birds. He's going to feed you. It's going to be all right. If it gets tough, don't get me in it. Get God in it. We walk around with fret, we're worried. Why? Because we don't have, he, he is, no, no. He's not in that. You've let fear take his place. Doubt take his place. Worry take his place. Everything, you've pushed him right out. He's not, and if he's not in it, you ready? If he's not in it, he cannot reward you. Are you ready? If he's not in it, he cannot deliver you. If he's not in it, he cannot help you. You just going to figure it out on your own. You're going to be all by yourself like Sister Natasha over there. Got 400 seats around you. Sister Lewis, you smell all right. I'm sorry. I know you always sit there. You stay right there, Sister Natasha. I'm just picking. We separate ourselves. 
We don't put God in these things. But this is how simple faith is. This is what Paul said. You can't please God without faith. So how do I please God? I put him in my situation. And if I'll get him in it, he will reward. Which means he will deliver, set free, bless financially, heal your body in, in, uh, with your whatever the situation is. Whatever brings glory to his name. He's, he's going to make it happen. It's a good thing the Hebrew children put the Son of God in the fire. It's a good thing Daniel put him in the lion's den. Read those stories. Before they ever went in the fire and before they ever went in the lion's den, they put God right in the middle of that situation. So no matter, no matter where they go, God was, God was there. Who's the fourth man walking around in the fire, the king said? <laughs> he is. He is. And he's a rewarder of them that digitally seek him. And the ropes burn off. And you don't even feel smell smoke on their body. And they come out. And the king says, everybody needs to worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the king says, everybody needs to worship the God of Daniel. Because he is. Let's stand. I'm not near done, but this is simple. I'm going to tell you. You can be seated. I, just, a couple, just a couple more minutes. Did it feel good to stand? I'm, I'm reading these scriptures and I'm done. But I don't want you to stand while I read these scriptures. My wife gets mad at me. And we go home and I just look at her and I say, he is. Genesis 1 and 1 says, in the beginning... God created the heaven in there. I thought, I actually thought for a moment you was coming put something in it. 30 years of marriage, I still ain't got to figure it out. Now, I want to tell you what happened when he's not. When he's not. Romans 1 and 19 few scriptures here let's just read through them because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God hath shewed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse Romans 1 because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts was darkened. I'm going to read to you what happens to a world when you don't have God in the middle of it. What happens to a school system when you take God out of it? What happens to a government when you take God out of it? What happens to a marriage when you take God out of it? To a home when you take God out of it? 
possessing themselves to be wise they became fools changed the glory of the glory of the uncorruptible god into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things wherefore god also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of god into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever for this cause god gave them up to vile affections for even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the women and burned in their lust towards one another men with men working that which is unseemly and un, un receiving in them and receiving in themselves that recompense of their era which was meet and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient being filled with all and righteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetedness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, uh, malignity, wish, uh, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, bolsters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable and unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God and that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. When he is not, this is the result. Say with me, faith is necessary. You lose faith, you lose everything. Okay, let's stand. I recently read an article just a couple of days ago. A group of scientists um, out of a union in Europe, some of the most renowned science concerning um, astrology or space stuff. And they wrote an article. These are most of them atheists. And they said, we have come to the conclusion that it is impossible for the universe to exist. And that the only way the universe can exist is if something greater than the universe made it. They said, therefore... Using common terminology, there must be a God. That's what they wrote. They said, when you study all the factors of the universe, it cannot exist. It's impossible. <laughs> For that which is impossible with man is possible with God in the beginning he is he was there from the beginning and the greatest thing ever created me and you exist today so if you will keep him that's what faith is you just keep him
in your situation. Don't misinterpret faith. See, you think faith is, I believe God enough, he delivers me out of my situation. Did God deliver the Hebrew children? Did he keep them from going in the fire? Did he keep Daniel from going in the lion's den? You better read Hebrews again. The Bible says, and they, the others, you know, sawed asunder, crucified upside down, died having not received the promise. Faith isn't God delivering you out of your situation. Faith is no matter how long your situation remains, you keep God right in the middle of it. That's faith. And you keep God right in the middle of it. He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You can't get God in the middle of your mess without God. I was trying to get a really good rhyme there, but it came. Without God fixing everything. And making it all good and right. That's faith. Getting up every day and putting God right in the middle of it. And saying, Lord, however long you want me to walk in this, I'll walk in it with you. But while I walk in it with you, please show me what I can do for you. Show me how I can help the kingdom. Let me work in the kingdom. While we're in, while we're, you know, the greatest act the Hebrew children ever did. They, they turned an entire country upside down for God. They just had to go into a fiery furnace to do it. But we're all running around. We, we, I know what I'd done. I'd have fell on the ground. They'd have had to drug me into that fiery furnace. I'd have been cooking and screaming, It's me beating them. Pull those little prongs out. You fix this one? I don't think it's the battery. That's the one, two, three. This one doesn't have a battery. Let's see, testing. There we go. Now I'm a praise singer. That's all it takes is a mic, right? <laughs> Makes you a praise singer. Oh, my Lord. Okay. All right, I quit. Everybody say, he is. Yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, he is. And point down at your feet. Say, he is. That's your way of saying, he is. He's right here in the middle of my mess. And every day I get up, that's where I'm going to put him. Every time I face a situation, that's where I'm going to put him. I am going to put him right in the middle of my situation. I'm tired of putting the devil in my trouble. I'm going to put God in my trouble. Because I get God in my trouble, he is a rewarder. And it will be pleasing to him. That's what pleases God. That no matter what's going on in our life, we keep him right in the middle of it. That, my friend, is what pleases God. With all your might, clap your hands to the Lord and give God praise. Come on. Let's send up a, a faith a faith praise. Will you do that? Send up a faith hand clap to the Lord. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it.
Amen. I feel faith in this building. I feel the power of the Lord in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! My, 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 my. When that bill comes in, you don't have the finances to pay it. Just hold it up and say, he is. <laughs> you're right in the middle of this, God. You, you're right in the middle of it. He is. God bless you. I love you. You're the greatest people on the earth.